The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. For those of you that are, are new, maybe this is your first time, I am not Senior Pastor Rex Johnson. This is he sitting to my left. And you need to do yourself a favor, yeah. Come back Wednesday night and hear him break down the Word of God like only he can. He has a phenomenal uh, gift, and I promise you, you will not want to miss that. But isn't it interesting? The, uh, the holidays are here, aren't they? They're here, and it's evident probably by the fact that we've just come through Thanksgiving. How many of you ate too much food? Come on, yes, that's good. How many of you are lying right now? Throw your hands up. How many of you still have leftovers? Let me see. This is nasty, people. It's like two weeks. You got to throw that stuff away. I'm just kidding. But some of you are already mentally preparing yourself, aren't you, for what's to come? You're, you're mentally preparing yourself for the 14,000 Christmas parties that you're going to attend between now and Christmas Day. Like, you have to prepare for this stuff. You can't just wake up and jump into it. No, no, no. You got to prepare for all of this. And some of you even have already taken the perfect family photo. You know what I'm talking about? To put on that card that you're going to send out to people that you never talk to, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe this was kind of your family pose this year. I'm not sure. Maybe this was you. I don't know. <laughs> and if it was, well done, sir. Well done, ma'am. That is fantastic. <laughs> that is beautiful. Uh, and for those of you that have young children, as I do, maybe you are preparing yourself have you guys heard of the Elf on the Shelf phenomenon that's been taking place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have two um, for two of our three kids. The, the little girl, she's not old enough yet, but we've got Ralphie and Ruthie, okay? They, they show up to our house about December 1st, but you're preparing yourself for all the, the trouble that your Elf on the Shelf is going to get into, trouble that might look a little bit like this. Oh, man, wouldn't that be awful? Oh, or maybe like this. Look at this one. <laughs> that would be amazing. Unless it happened to me, that would be awful. But it happened to one of you, I would laugh my head off. I'm not going to lie, okay? But, Cassidy, please don't allow that to happen, okay? Some of you have already finished all of your Christmas shopping. Throw your hands in the air if you've finished all your Christmas shopping already. Yeah, I see them going up. Impressive. We love you. God is with you. You know, God bless you. And so let's do a little Christmas shaming now. How many of you have not bought one Christmas present yet? Oh, this is where the stores make their money the next couple of weeks. Hey, y'all didn't get your deals on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. No, no, no. We're going to have a, a small group on how to save money on Black Friday and Cyber Monday in our next session, okay? You know, but it's funny, right? Around this time of year, what do we start doing naturally? We start saying things like this. Wow, I can't believe 2017 is over. Like, this is crazy. I feel like just yesterday the year started, right? How many of you have already said that? You have. And it's unbelievable. I can't believe the year is over. It's just, oh, it's, it's unbelievable how fast time flies, right? This, this is the kind of stuff that we say. Really, it's almost as if, if it weren't for Christmas, 
December would be a wash, wouldn't it? Like, you don't want to do anything in December. It's too close to 2018. You're not going to be productive, really. You're going to buy a bunch of Christmas presents, and then you're going to go to a bunch of Christmas parties. You're going to take your family photo, and you're going to... But if it weren't for Christmas, think about it. You almost kind of... No, we don't really need December, because we're looking forward to 2018. And... We set resolutions. Anybody already setting resolutions? Yes. Whether you'll say it, you're already starting to prepare your mind to make the same list that you made last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is going to be my year. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And it will take the whole year for some of us. I'm going to work out more this year. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get organized this year. Woo! Clean that garage out. Yeah, nice try. That'll work for about a week. And then get in, and Christmas comes around, you put all your boxes, all that stuff in it. That's just, that's awful. And then I'm going to save more money this year. Maybe this is something that you've come up with that is on your list year after year. And listen, there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions. In fact, those are phenomenal because we should set goals and we should try to accomplish these goals But I have one tiny wee little issue with it. It's not 2018 yet, people. We're still in 2017. In fact, we have almost the entire month of December left. Like, don't give up on this year yet. There's still some more time to be had in the month of December. And I, if I had to to guess, here would be my guess, that at the beginning of the year, right, 2017... You set some goals and some dreams, and there were some things that you wanted to happen in your world, things that you wanted to accomplish this year. But, but somewhere along the way, that passion that started at the beginning of the year, yeah I, yeah, I went to the gym the first three days of the year. I got my pump on. I was, yeah, it was amazing, but I got so sore that I couldn't go back, and that's obviously a sign from God that I don't need to go to the gym anymore. He's trying to tell me something here, right? Like, we're passionate up front. We started strong, but I have a feeling that if you look back over the year, you might say that, yeah, I started strong, but, but what happened to my finish? Like, I, I, I was passionate about some things that I wanted to do, and it was awesome, but, but these last seven months have just been awful. Like, I haven't, I, I, there's no goal, like, I haven't followed through on any of these resolutions that I wanted to accomplish. And I want to take it a step further this morning, because I have a feeling that not only did many of us in the room set these man-made goals and dreams for ourselves, but, but I believe that there are some God-given dreams and passions that you have had birth in your spirit this year that you wanted to see happen throughout the course of the year. And that should happen. And I believe God does that. And I think he has done that. And some of us, maybe you've seen those come to pass in your world. Maybe it's happened for you in 2017, but, but maybe you haven't seen those things come to pass in your world. And if you haven't, chances are that you're probably a little bit anxious You're slightly frustrated, maybe a little bit upset at God, thinking like, well, this is kind of what I felt in my spirit. I thought this was going to happen, and it it hasn't happened. And today, with a month left to go in the year, listen, my assignment is really simple. I want to reinvigorate and reignite the passions that God has placed in your heart today. Listen, here's, here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want your God-given dreams and passions and the things that you see and feel like God wants to do in you. 
I don't want them to become like the New Year's resolutions of 2017 where you were passionate about them for several months, but then, well, it just didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. I just couldn't make it all work. And now you look back and you're saying, well, I just, I don't know that God can really do what I think that he's telling me can happen. Like, maybe it was just me. Maybe it wasn't really God. You know what I'm saying? I don't want your God-given dreams to become like your 2017 resolutions, or at least many of them. I want to help you finish strong today. I want to help you finish the year out. Because guess what? A strong finish propels you into a great beginning in 2018. And I believe God's got a great beginning for all of us in the room. And so, and so my assignment is really, really, really simple. Because many of you are saying, Brad, ah, well, that sounds great. I mean, I appreciate that. But, I mean, it's already December and I'm kind of in holiday mode. You know, I'm already there in my mind. In fact, like, I think God is probably in holiday mode too because I've prayed a lot of prayers and I believed for a lot of things and I just haven't seen them come to pass. He hasn't moved and worked in the way that I thought. So maybe God's taking a break as well. And you've got to remind yourself today, listen, this is so simple but it's so true, that the way that you finish is more important than the way that you start. And in fact... God does a really good work toward the end of things. Toward the end of things. God God works when you don't think he has time left on the clock. You know what I'm saying? And then he comes out and hits a three-pointer at the buzzer and you just win the game and you just storm the court. God kind of operates like that. In fact, watch this, Acts chapter 2. In the last days, at the end of something, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I just believe, I believe that God is about to pour his spirit out on some people in this room today at the end of things who thinks that God just might not be able to come through for you. But God does a good work. Hey, did you know that God can do more in a second than you and your spouse and all of us combined could do in a lifetime? That's so cliche, but you you realize that, don't you? Okay, well, realizing that, go with me for just a second. Do you realize that you have approximately 2,635,000 seconds left in this year. That's a whole lot of time for God to bring to pass a lot of dreams and ambitions that you have in your world. Come on, it doesn't take him all 11 months. Just because he hasn't done it in the first 11 months of the year doesn't mean he can't do it in an instant. It doesn't take him a whole lot of time to do a really, really, really good work. And so I don't know what those dreams are. I don't know what those passions are that you feel in your spirit that God has has dropped into your heart. But I do know that December 3rd is not the time to give up on them. The reality is, is that many of us came into the room today and you put on your beautiful Christian smile. Man, you look good. But on the inside... On the inside, you're thinking, man, this was supposed to be my year. Like, this was 
This was supposed to be the year from my marriage where it really got better. We got past the first year and we kind of figured each other out and we thought that, oh, it's going to be smooth sailing and it's just, it's not gotten any better. This was supposed to be the year that my business was going to take off, that it was just all going to happen for me. This was the year I was going to graduate and instead something happened and now you're set back another semester. This, this was supposed to be my year. I just felt it in my spirit that 2017 was going to be my year and it's been anything but your year. In fact, it seems like it's almost been the year for the enemy to take his, his club and beat you over the head like never before. It's been anything but your year. And I'm dedicating this message today to every person who walked in this room today smiling on the outside but ready to give up on the inside. And listen, the truth of the matter is it's, it's not that, that you're not dreaming It's not that you don't have these God-ordained dreams and passions. It's that you've been holding on to them for 11 months and you haven't seen them come to pass and you're on the verge of giving up. And I've come to remind you today that now is not the time to give up on what God wants to do in your world. Today is the time to finish strong, to hold on to what God has for you. Just watch and see what he can do in a little bit of time. And I want to give you just a a quick truth at really the beginning of our time together today that I think might help. And it's this, is that a dream is conceived long before it is ever achieved. Your dream was achieved a long time before it will be achieved. And there's space there, right? There's, and it's our jobs as pastors to encourage you in that space because you hear us say all the time, right, that he's the alpha And the Omega, he's the beginning and the end. And you sit there and look back and you say, yeah, but I'm somewhere right in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Like there's this space between the conceiving of a dream and the achieving of a dream. And it's really, really hard to talk about this topic without sharing a little bit from the story of a man in the Bible by the name of Joseph. You know his story, but if you're new to Christianity... This is one of the oldest stories in the Bible found in the book of Genesis. And we we know that Joseph was a dreamer. In fact, the Bible would tell us that Joseph had a dream. He was the 11th of 11 children in his family. And when he told his dreams to his brother, this is interesting. The Bible says that they hated him all the more. Which means they didn't start hating him when he told him the dream. When he told them the dream. No, no, no. They already hated him. They just started hating him more. Because probably he was, he was the youngest brother, so he might have been a little extra spoiled. You know what I'm saying? He had the, the coat of many colors, and so they didn't really like it. And now, now, little brother tells them this dream. And watch how it plays out. Genesis 37. Hey, hey, fellas. Hey, big bros. Come here, i got to share something with you. i got some, some exciting news. I want to share with you the dream that I just had. You see, we were out in the field binding sheaves of grain. When, this is crazy. Like, oh, wow, listen. When suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. This is crazy. This is the best part, guys. Listen, while your sheaves gathered around mine, and I don't know why this happened, but it's amazing, isn't it? You all fell down and bowed down to me. Wow. What a dream, huh, fellas? And him telling his brothers like this really shows 
why there has to be space there, why, why a dream isn't accomplished immediately after it is conceived, because he shows that there's need for some character development here, right? There's space, and God, listen, God likes to work in that space, and so the brothers, the brothers weren't too excited about it. And so here they are in verse 19. Here comes that dreamer. You ever feel like that, that the enemy just creeps up on your shoulder and you've got these God-ordained plans and dreams and the way that it's all going to work. And they, who do you think you are? You think you're going to do that for God? You, oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you remember so-and-so? Do you remember such-and-such? You ever have that? You know what I'm talking about where the enemy just, nah, that's, this, is, this happens, okay? And watch. Continues, verse 20, I know what we're going to do, the brothers say. Let's kill him. Logical. Let's throw him into one of those cisterns and let's tell dad a ferocious animal devoured him. Great plan. And let's see what comes of little brother's dreams. And I want to show you a few things from, from this story that... If you look back on 2017, that maybe you were tempted to do, or maybe you even did these, but they're really just a reminder as you look back over the year, holding on to the things that God has promised you, and as you attempt to finish this year strong. Listen, here's what you have to stay away from. You cannot give up on your dream, even if it didn't start well. You can't give up on your dream even if it didn't start well, because what happens is, right, we, we've got these dreams, and God, I'm going to do this, I'm believing you for that, and then history happens, events happen, choices are made that too many of us in the room believe disqualify us from God being able to fulfill these dreams in our lives. We almost, yeah, well, God can forgive everything for them, he can, of course, but for me, you don't know how many times I've done that and I tried to give it and I fell again. I mean, his grace is sufficient for you, but I'm not sure his grace is sufficient for me. Do you know that it's already been forgiven? You realize that, don't you? Like, that's good news today. He's already forgiven it, and it's time that you stop beating yourself up over the head with it. That you realize that, listen, if you've repented, if you've taken it to him, it's under the blood. Now let's move on. Easily said, huh? So the enemy's job is to throw enough junk in your life to convince you that you're not qualified for what God's calling you to do. And I want to give you a, a solid word here that, that just, maybe this will encourage you in this moment. Did you realize that this actually um, almost qualifies you all the more? You know, you realize that, don't you? If, you? if you look in the Bible and at the characters in the Bible, they were just that. They were characters. Some of the, the heroes of the Bible did Awful things. Things that when you read, you're like, what in the world? No way. I can't believe it. Yeah, the, the people that, that you read about that you know as heroes did awful, awful things. And here's the beauty of it. God intentionally uses them not just so you can know their story, but so that you can realize that God can use you despite of all of your mistakes and your failures. See, God's always at work. 
Let's, let, me show, let me prove it to you. Here, here we have in, in Acts chapter 2, there's this brand new church that is birthed. And, and God wants to evangelize the whole world through this New Testament church. And he's looking for someone to be the chief church planter. And he doesn't look down and choose the guy that's praying every day. He doesn't instead choose the guy that's got his Bible. Oh, just knows every little, every word. In the, no, no, no. He looks down and he chooses a murderer. You wouldn't have chosen that person. I wouldn't have chosen, but, but God chooses this individual. He looks down and he, he finds a murderer and says, I'm going to use him. I'm going to take him. I'm going to blind him. I'm going to reveal myself to him. I'm going to change his name. And Saul will become Paul. And I'm going to use him to evangelize the entire world through this church. Yeah. Did you know that Paul was kind of the head of the organization of murdering Christians at this time. Like, that's what, that's what he was doing. And God chooses him to let you and I know that even if it didn't start well, that it can finish well. Even if your dreams didn't start the way that you wanted to, even if you made some mistakes in your journey, that you can still finish your dream strong. That God can still use you. This is, so, this is so beautiful. And this is what I love about Paul. First Timothy, Paul is, is speaking and he says, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has given me strength. And I love this. This is a, a powerful ministry line. And it's something that, that really internally I pray all the time. And he uses this line. He said, because he considered me faithful. He considered me faithful, and here's how it plays out for me. He considered me faithful and blessed me with an unbelievable wife and three unreal children, and he allows me to serve this incredible church, and he looked down, and he saw an average Joe in me, and even though I wasn't faithful, he considered me faithful. Wow. He considered me faithful. And Paul, in this moment, he's just, he's looking back, reflecting, saying, I can't believe he chose me. Did you see all the people that were qualified to do this? I didn't have those, but, but he chose me. I'm telling you, I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you've been through. But you can't measure it by who you think you are. You've got to measure it by who your God is this morning. And here, here's the second thing that I want you to, to recognize as you look back over, over your journey and over your year. Maybe you, you've done it or been tempted to do it this year. But you can't give up on your dream even if the journey has been full of surprises. Because your journey is going to be full of Surprises, I can assure you of that. Uh, well, Pastor Brad, can you be a little more positive? Yes, I'm positive that your journey will be full of many, many surprises. I'm very positive of that. In fact, I'm going to show you this, but in fact, you might have just um, twice as many give up moments as go on moments. I know, it's, it's not awesome to hear, but I got good news for you at the end of it, okay? And I want to show you how true this is through, through the story of Joseph. So uh, verse 21, this is what happens. His, his brothers say, listen, let's don't kill him. 
You know, we, we got to stand before God one day, so let's just sell him. Okay, sounds good. Wonderful plan. So he gets sold into slavery, and, and Joseph is in the pit, and he's sold into slavery in this moment, and he has to go to Egypt. So I have a question for you. Would this be a give up or a go on moment on the journey? You're in a pit and you're sold into slavery. This would be a give up moment, right? Yeah, this is not encouraging to keep going and pursuing everything that God has for you. No, I want to give up. You sold me. The second thing, watch. He's living in a strange country far from home. Give up or go on. This is a give up moment. Yeah, absolutely. Some of you that don't enjoy your family around Christmas time, you're like, no, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, go away. Go on. Yeah. No, this is a give up moment, people. And so now he's in Potiphar's house and Potiphar sees that, that God's hand is on his life and he elevates him to, to really the chief of staff and he's given favor in Potiphar's house. Is this a give up or a go on moment? Yeah, this is a go on moment. God's given him favor and now he's got enough to go on. Yeah, this is great. See, two out of three. I told you. There's going to be some surprises on the journey. Second, listen, let's, let me show you a few more. He's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife literally wants to have an affair with him, and he looks back and says, I can't do, I gotta be faithful to my God and, and your husband who you're not faithful to. And so he runs out the door, and as he's running out, she grabs his coat, takes it, and then she goes back to her husband and says, Um, the, the boy that you hired just tried to rape me. Yeah, this is this is not good. Even though he stood for integrity, he's falsely accused. Would this be give up or go on? Give up, absolutely. This would not encourage me to keep pursuing the dreams that God has placed in my heart. And so now he's thrown into prison. Great. Give up or go on. Give up. I'm not sure that this is real encouragement. No, I don't, I don't think being thrown into prison uh, equates with going on. So this is a good time for me to give up, right? Yeah, that's what he could have done. And then he gets into prison, and the Bible says that he had favor in the eyes of the warden, and he's put in charge of all the prisoners. Once again, this is a go on moment. Yeah, God's given him a little favor here in the midst of the storm. Two out of three, there's going to be some surprises on your journey. He prophesies to the cupbearer, you're going to get released, and when you do, remember me. And the cupbearer looks at him and says, yeah, sure, sure, I'll remember you, and he doesn't. Remember him when he's released. And so, uh, is this a give up or a go on? This is a give up moment. Yeah, this is not encouraging people. He remains in prison for two more years. Give up or go on. This is a give up moment, but watch this. He comes out of prison. He interprets the dreams of Pharaoh. And now Pharaoh puts him as second of command in all of Egypt. And this would be a go on moment. Listen, I've come to tell you today that life is probably going to give you more give up moments than go on moments. But at the end of every give up moment, God is going to provide you with enough to get up and to go on and to pursue everything that he has for you. Now is not the time to give up on what God has placed in your heart. It's the time to grab a hold of it, to finish strong. Well, then encourage me, Pastor Brad. I mean, I need some encouragement because that was pretty depressing. Two out of three, three different times. I mean, you're telling me life's going to be awful. Well, not necessarily. 
you're just going to have some surprises, and we've got to know how to deal with these surprises. So here's what we have to understand, right? Or really remember that we know that in all things, which means in every circumstance, every situation, even in your current marriage, even in your current job, with your current health situation, your current financial status, in all things, we know that God is at work and he's at work for those that love him and those that that have a dream, those who are called not of their own purpose, but of his purpose. Purpose. You see, God is at work. He's always working, even when you can't see it, when you don't understand it. God is working and moving the pieces of the puzzle so that everything will work out just the way that He needs them to work out. He's working. And so, how? How do, we, how do we not give up on these dreams, right? How do we not quit on the things that haven't come to pass that we've been holding on to for so long? What do we need to do? And I want to give you three principles that I really think that if you will put them into play throughout the court, the rest of this year, and then once again as we move into 2018, that you're going to see some dreams that God has placed in your life. They're going to come alive again. And you're going to see them to come to pass in your world. So if you want to finish strong, listen, here's the first thing as you look back over your year you've got to do is recognize and value the process. Because God does. He values this process. Let me say it this way. When something is happening to you, God wants to do something in you. And this isn't the part that we enjoy about God. I get that. I'm with you. Like, that's not my favorite part about God. That that there's trouble, and he doesn't necessarily cause trouble. That's not what I'm saying. But he will use the trouble. You know what I mean? He will use the trouble. And we're praying, oh, Lord, please rescue me from this, whatever this is. And God says, let's learn something in the middle of this. Let me, let me teach you something as you're going through it. Let's work through this just a little bit. Some of us might need to change our prayer from, Lord, take it away, to, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And we, when we start to realize and value the process I'm not going to say it's all going to get better, but you're going to be able to move through it more efficiently and a little bit easier. You know, God loves working on our character, right? And it's hard for us to understand this in 2017 that he's not so much worried about our comfort. He wants to develop your character. And it's like Pastor preached last week that when your children, right, when your kids wake up from school, Or wake up for school. I don't want to go to school. Your kids don't do that. They're all angels, I know. Well, you you don't let them just lay there and tuck them back. Okay, honey. You just go right back to sleep. Daddy loves you. No, no, no. What do you say? Let's be honest. You say, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You turn the light on, pull the covers back. Get up out of bed. It's time to go. Yeah. You know what? I know you want to be comfortable right now, but you know what daddy wants? Daddy wants you to get up and go get an education because I want you to get up and move out of my house one day. And then when I get old, I want you to take care of me. I'm not so much interested in your comfort, sweetheart, but I'm interested in developing your character, right? And that's what God's doing. He's developing our character, 
I want to show you that it's not necessarily what happens to you, and you know this. It's how you react and respond to what happens to you. Watch this, 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy. Not today, it's ahead. These trials are only there to test your faith, to see whether or not it's strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And if you don't understand this process of how they're, they're making gold, right? That they, they heat it up really, really hot and all the impurities rise to the top and they, they skim all the impurities off. If you, if you don't realize this, but, but sometimes God has you and I in the skimming process where he's removing all the impurities as they rise to the top through all the junk that we deal with. And sometimes we pray away the very school that he's trying to develop us in because every storm is a school. And every test is a place where he teaches. And every experience is an education. See, God is working. He's moving even when you can't see it. The second principle that I want you to grab a hold of today as you finish this year strong you can't, you can't allow the offense to stop you. Let me preach for just a few minutes here. You've got to refuse to allow the offense to stop you. You know there's people on this planet, right? Maybe it's just me, but I don't think I'm alone in this. There's people on this planet who it seems like their sole purpose... Like they went to our Start Here class, they took the spiritual gift profile, and they have found that their spiritual gift is to make your life miserable. You know what I'm talking about? You have people like that in your world. That it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how sweet you are. You know you got haters, right? It don't matter how sweet you are, how kind you are, how talented you are, how good at whatever it is. People just, some people not going to like you. And it's hard for us to come to that realization. Me? How could they not like me? I mean, look at me. I'm so sweet. I mean, I always write them a Christmas card. I always say happy birthday on Facebook. How could you not like me? Offenses are going to come. People are, are, are out to make your life miserable. Not necessarily, but that's how we see it sometimes. And if you don't forgive every day, listen, resentment is a dream killer. Resentment towards others will kill your dream quicker than almost anything else. And so Joseph gets sold into slavery by his brothers. Can you imagine giving up a relative to human trafficking? But that's what happens. And now... Now Joseph is 40 years old. He's not the same teenage boy that he was, right? Now he, he's an Egyptian. And now there's a famine in the land. Yeah, and sure enough, just kind of like he dreamed up, you know what I'm saying? Joseph has stored up all of this grain, and, and his, his brother's dream, you, it's all coming to fruition now. And they come, and they, they bow before him. And wouldn't this be Joseph's moment, right? This would be the time. This, oh, this could bring Joseph pure joy, right? If he's like you and me. Ah, oh, what do you need? Oh, oh, you need, oh, I know. Oh, yeah, give him snakes, bags and bags of snakes. You know, like the most awful thing. Like go build a pyramid for the rest of your life. 
That's what some of us would do because we've, we've built up and harbored so much resentment and frustration over the years. Can you imagine that encounter the first time that he sees them? That's not what he says. You know what he says to him? Hey, guys, it's, it's me. I'm your brother, Joseph. Can you imagine the surprise on their face? Oh, fellas, here it comes. That's what they were expecting. That's what you and I would expect if a wrong like that was done to us. But you know what he continues to say? See, fellas, what you, what you intended for harm... God intended it for good. Listen, I know that you were trying to harm me, and I don't pretend to understand. I was hurt in the moment, and I was frustrated, but, but somehow over the years, you see, I've realized that, that God worked it out behind the scenes when I didn't know what was happening, when I was ready to give up. You see, he intended it for good. That's why Jesus included Forgiveness in his everyday prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread, and Lord, forgive me as I am forgiving others. Listen, this is something that you and I need to go ahead and pray every single day. Pray it in advance. Pray it before the haters come your way, before the day starts. You probably even have a name that you can fill in the blank. Lord, forgive Pastor Reed because he's been mean to me in the office. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. It's out there. Right? But you've got, you've got people that you can already put in the blank right there. Lord, go ahead and forgive them today before I walk into the office and they make one more comment about the job that I do. Lord, go ahead and forgive the family member that I don't want to have to see at Christmas time because they're always rude. They always find something negative. Lord, go ahead and forgive them today as you forgive me. Because listen, if unforgiveness creeps in your heart, resentment is a dream stopper. As I wrap up today, listen, I need a big, big favor. If you'll sit tight for me or with me for the next few moments, my prayer in this moment is that the Lord would expand your bladders for just about seven minutes. (laughs) Because I believe that God wants to take this from a, a message point to a ministry moment. I believe that God wants to work on our hearts. Just massage us a little bit so that maybe some of that resentment and frustration, he can deal with it and begin to work in the process of it. Pastor Randy, if you'll join me. The third thing, listen, and this is so easy, but it's something that we forget. The third thing that you have to do as we close out this year, you've got to understand that God is always with me. Always. He's always through every hurt, through every up, through every down, through every give up or go on moment. God is always with me. Every second of every day, he's never left me. When I couldn't see him, when I couldn't feel him, he's still there. I want you to let these words 
the Word of God that we're about to read in just a moment. I want you to, to soak them in, and I want you to let the Word of God speak to you in just the next couple of minutes. Because on the day, listen, that Joseph was sold into slavery, guess what? The Lord was with him in the pit. And when he ended up in prison, the Lord was with him and, and showed him kindness and granted him favor. Yeah, the Lord was with him. He didn't rescue him from it in the moment, but he was with him. Psalm 139, if you, if you don't believe me, let's read this. Let me remind you one more time. If I go up to the heavens, guess what? God's there. Yeah, he's supposed to be there. Right? Yeah, of course. Oh, but if I make my bed in the depths of hell, God is there. If I rise on the wings of morning, God is there. If I settle on the far side of the sea, God is there. It doesn't matter where you go, what you do, what's happened to you, who has hurt you. God is always there. Psalm 46. God is our our refuge and strength. He's ever present in the time of trouble. Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, yeah, he's there. God is there. When you pass through the rivers, guess what? Yeah, he is there. When you walk through the fire, God's there. So do not be afraid. I don't know what you've walked through this year, but I know that God is walking with you. Jeremiah 1 and 8, do not be afraid. God's there. He will rescue you. Jeremiah 19, this is is a word for somebody in this moment. Hear it. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. Why? Because God's there. I will rescue you. They might have caused you more trouble than you've ever had in your life. They may have stolen money from you. They may have hurt your family. But can I tell you, they will not overcome you. God is with you. He will rescue you, says the Lord. Some of the last words that come out of the mouth of Jesus. And surely I am with you. He's always with you. You can't escape him, even though we try to sometimes, right? Guess what? He's there. Even in the moments when you're running, he's with you. I don't know what you've dealt with this year. I I don't know how good it's been or how bad it is, but I know that now is not the time to give up on what God has placed in your heart. He's going to be with you throughout the remainder of the year. He's going to be with you and propel you in 2018. Now is not the time to give up. 